Would you like to be part of the next generation of mindfulness meditation instructors? We invite you to take a unique opportunity to earn your teacher certification with Jack Cornfield, Tara Brock, and some of today's leading mindfulness meditation instructors. To get the training you need to guide others in their journey, visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash get certified. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. This podcast is a manifestation of our interconnected lives, and we wish to keep it free at all costs, if you can say that. So, we are dependent on the generosity of you, our listeners. So, please go to mindpodnetwork.com slash kd, and either use the donate button, or just bookmark the Amazon portal. We receive a small percentage of however much you pay for whatever you bought. Nothing extra for you, but a tangible contribution, if small, for us. You could also sign up for a free trial with the voluminous audible.com. We get something out of that, too. We thank you for the support and allowing us to continue presenting Krishnadas's excellent talks. Yeah. Hi. Hi. When you first met Maharaji... Were you afraid of him? No. First of all, I met him the first time I met Ramdas, actually. That's what I felt. I later realized that that's what I felt when I walked into the room with Ramdas, was his presence. And when you fall in love, when you, in that first like 30 seconds, or maybe if you're lucky, like a couple of days, when you fall in love, is there any fear in that moment? There's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's maybe anticipation. There might be, you know, in, but there's not. All you want to do is give yourself to that person 100%, right? And that's what it's like. Sometimes when you, when you like, feel that energy, it can, be, it, it can be a little frightening. Because you think it's coming from another human being or it's between you and another human being. A guru is not a human being. That's the difference. Because guru doesn't want anything. A human being that you might be attracted to wants something from you too. And that's where you feel the fear. Can I give that? Am I okay? Is it there? What, what, what if they don't want it? You know? But when you meet love, real love, it's not... There's no business involved, you know. It's not a relationship with a guru because a guru is not something else, someone else. A guru is you. A guru is your own true being manifested in a body at that moment if the guru is in a body. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. So it's not, it's not two things. It's one. It's that love that you are. And you recognize that. And there's no fear because it can't be taken away from you. You know, in relationships, we're always worried that the person's going to 
withdraw their love and affection. So we're constantly involved in giving them what they want so they won't do that. And they're doing the same thing with us. So it's work. But love is not work. Love is who you are. And when you meet love and enter into the room where love lives, it's very different. You recognize yourself. You can completely relax because you recognize yourself as being loved too. It's not about anybody else. And everybody's included in that also. So it's, it's just a different level of stuff. So how did it come that you felt depressed when Maharaji went? Because good question. this is a little... Yeah, yeah, good question, yeah. I'm a schmuck. There's no doubt about it. I got attached to his body, right? But how comes you met him before without seeing his body? Exactly. I wonder. That's how big a schmuck I am. Really, I felt him before I even met him. And when I met him, I recognized that. But the more time I spend with him, the more, the more attached I got to his body and watching him move. And, you, know, you know, when you're madly in love with somebody, everything they do is like, oh, wow. You know? So it was like that all the time. And then the body went away. And I really flipped out. I, I just did. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't say I didn't. <laughs> I wish I could say. I know there were other devotees who said, oh, when I, I, once, when I, got, I called one guy I knew who was living in the mountains in Vermont alone with he and his wife living in isolation after coming back from India. And I said, you know, Maharaji left the body. And he said, oh, I thought he left the body a long time ago. <laughs> there were people like that. I wanted to kill them. Not me. I was too emotional, right? So all those emotions got all the, you know, I was 23. It was between 23 to 26 I spent in India with him. And all the failed relationships I'd had before that, the, the really unhappy, neurotic attempts at relationships, was all that stuff was in me, and here was the perfect lover, right? The one who's loved, who's just complete love. I mean, even when he yelled at you, he yelled at you with love, you know? And you felt it. It was like he never could get angry, even when he looked like he was angry. It was funny. So you were involved in this leela, in this beautiful dance, this, this ongoing every day what will he do today you know how many bananas will he hit me with today you know it was like every day was crazy like that you know and like a couple of days would go by and he wouldn't give you a piece of fruit you know he would throw fruit in all directions right people would bring big mounds of fruit and he would just go like this you know throw them at people and you'd be sitting right in front of them and nothing would come to you everybody around you had like 10 bananas and you had nothing and then two days would go and be by and you had nothing. Three days. You're ready to kill yourself. No bananas for three days. You're ready to die right there. And you're going like this, you know. And then you turn your head to see something. And then the minute you turn your head, boom, you get hit with a banana right in the heart. And you look at him and he goes. <laughs> he knew. He knew everything. And he played with you that way. You could 
kill him if you didn't love him so much. And he did it on purpose. He knew what he was doing. It was a, you know, you've got to realize he knew everything, okay? I just said that. Let's repeat that. He knew everything. He knew everything. Everything I ever did. Everything I ever thought. He knew what I was going to do. What I wasn't going to do. He knew everything. Not just about me. About everybody. And he showed you that all the time. It was no game. It's not imagination, okay? I know it seems like it's not what you read about in the papers. But this is the reality of a real being, a real saint. They know past, present, and future. And what was worse, they love you anyway, which is unbelievable because you know what you did. You know who you are. You know all the shit you've done. But they love you, and they know that too. And it's un- you can't accept that. It's impossible, almost. It takes a lot of of opening to accept that kind of love because we judge ourselves so harshly. But these beings do not judge us. They do not judge us. We've been talking about the importance of daily practice and I was just wondering, have you noticed any sort of subtle changes within your practice from when you started and then 20 plus years later? 20? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I am a depressed person. I spend my life moping around. You know what moping around is? Okay. I actually mope around less than I used to. (laughs) Big thing. Sometimes the truth is, I miss it. Sometimes I'll mope around just for fun. Like I'll walk around my house and go, oh... I feel so miserable today. Wow, this is great. You know? Oh, what should I do? I don't want to do anything today. Wow, this is fantastic. I really miss being so unhappy. So that's the difference. And the other thing is that somehow, somehow it's become apparent that my life isn't about me. It's not so important how I feel. It's not so important what I do. It's not so important what people think of me, or even what I think of myself. It's just, it's just not such a big deal, you know? It's like the planet of me has lost half of its gravity, you know? So all the shit that revolved around it about half of that shit just floated off to space because there wasn't enough gravity to hold it. You know? And that feels pretty good when I think about it, which is not often. Because I don't think about it. We spend our whole time thinking about ourselves. How are we doing now? How are we doing now? And what about now? How are we doing now? And whoa, what about now? You know? This is what we do all day. And I just noticed that those thoughts don't arise. See, because it's not like you're thinking that. that You didn't make a choice to think, now let me think about myself. How am I doing now? No, that thought arose and you went for it. So if the thoughts don't arise, they just don't arise. 
So over time, I notice, and you will notice, everybody would notice, that you spend less and less time in heavier negative states of mind, thinking about yourself all the time. It just happens that way. You just spend less time thinking about yourself and more time full of something else. Being, presence, Ram Ram. So, eventually when you, eventually those thoughts of me just don't arise anymore and then something else, you know, then you become, you recognize, not become, you recognize your true nature because those thoughts cover it are clouds covering the sun. And when they don't arise, the sun shines. It's not like the sun isn't shining all the time, especially here. It's just fucking cloudy around here. But over, by practice, those clouds dissipate. And you recognize this, you recognize, you see the sun again and again more often. You don't notice it because... When you're sunbathing, there's nobody there to notice. You're just enjoying in a very deep way. And, and, and thoughts about it are not arising. So thoughts about it are not rising. You're not aware of the passage of time either. So there's nobody there to say, well, I've just spent 29 minutes not thinking about myself. You know, that would be another thought, right? So over time and practice... All this negativity doesn't arise the same way. And when it does arise, we have this thing going on, which is letting go, letting go, and remembering, remembering, remembering. And that allows the thoughts to go. Or so they say. I'm from Long Island, too. Hey, where? (laughs) Garden City. Garden City? I, yeah. went to, I went to Herrick's in New Hyde Park. Kidding. I wouldn't kid you. <laughs> I think we're the only ones. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so this is my first time doing anything like this. And you came I'm, all the way from Long Island? Yeah, just for you. Just for me. <laughs> There's not that many of us here. No. Um, no, I've been in London about three years, actually, this weekend. Uh-huh. So i never done anything like this. I kind of fell into all of this because I started doing yoga. I feel for you. I really yeah, do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And I really started doing yoga for aesthetic reasons. And then all of a sudden, I started crying. (laughs) Like, what is this all about? (laughs) And I realized that there was probably a lot more going on than I had thought originally. Mm -hmm. And then I found you in a very bizarre, it's a funny story, um, way. And I started listening to you. I found you on YouTube through this random story. And I don't know a lot of what's going on and a lot of what people have talked about. But you resonated with me, and I started writing down notes. (laughs) Cool. And I guess my question is twofold. One, I'm trying to make all of this habits, habitual, you know, turning off the brain and meditating. Mm-hmm. I haven't started chanting. So, you know, how do you, is, is that almost the same thing? And do you combine it? And, and secondly, you know, what do you say, say to someone like me who's starting out on this journey? Um, <laughs> this is probably the most nervous I've ever been, and I talk all the time <laughs> in sales. Um, and so, uh, anyway, that's it. <laughs> Look, chanting is meditation. Anytime you, any practice you do that helps you, that turns, that allows you to release your thoughts, is is a meditative practice. Chanting also adds the repetition of the name, which has its own 
magnetism, you could say, which, the, which kind of uh, attracts the mind, attracts the attention as well, so it helps even more. You can watch your breath and, you, you know, stuff like that. Those are all meditative concentration practices. Meditation is a big subject. It's not, it's a very subtle, deep subject. But you start certainly from wherever you are and you start by trying to quiet the mind, which doesn't mean holding it down. It means begin to remember to pay attention. You start some practice going, whether it's the name or counting or watching the breath, and then you realize that you've been sitting there for half an hour and you haven't watched one breath. So you come back, that's all. And then the next, the next week it might be 29 minutes and you come back. Two years from now it might be 15 minutes and you come back. You never know. But the idea is every time you come back, this is a miracle. If there's anything that you could call a miracle, it's coming back from dreamland. Because we spend our whole lives dreaming away. I call it temperature checking, what you said before. How do I feel now? I'm constantly taking my temperature. Uh-huh. Right? How do I feel now? How do I feel now? Right, yeah. Temperature checking. Yep. And it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought... I you really, should have been a nurse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you'd want to trust me with <laughs> any vital organs. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> You're from Long Island, I trust you. Maybe some, yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know, NHS here. Mm, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, this has been really great. Yeah, but asana practice is great because it involves the body and paying attention. If you don't pay attention, you fall over. So you have to pay attention. So that helps you train yourself to pay attention. But, you know, there's no hurry, okay? There's no hurry. You're not going anywhere. You're trying to get here. So there's no reason to run around hurrying to get here. When you're already here, you just have to recognize it. So you just start doing something, just you're doing fine, you know? Anybody from Long Island is already blessed. (laughs) Exactly. Long Island, you know, expressway. Oh, exit 37, right? Yeah, I used to get off at 34. 34, yeah, I know. I was just there the other day, you know. I went, I was on my way out to... Long, the end of Long Island, the, the, out to uh, Amagansett, East Hampton. And uh, so I drove by my mother's house where I grew up, and it wasn't there. They had, the people who bought the house knocked it down and built a completely different house. That room up there where I tortured myself all those teenage years, it was gone. It was the weirdest feeling. That was those that little house that had all that stuff. It would be my parents and me yelling at each other, fighting, my sister, all this craziness. It was gone. It just didn't exist anymore. It was the weirdest feeling, I tell you. So impermanence, everything's always changing. So, you know, enjoy. Take it easy. Be happy. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, you know, you go to Terrytown, I go to Terrytown. You go to Garrison, I go to Garrison. I mean, I, you're here, I'm here. I, it's, I always get something. And uh, today, a ticket. This, this whole th- what? No, 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 just kidding. I get what? A ticket. I a think. ticket. <laughs> so t- this whole thing about practice, 
w by cut, by saying the name mm -hmm. was just gigantic for me. And doing the Hanuman thing, I mean, for like an hour and a half, that was beautiful, uh, very moving, and took me there, as did the Hare Krishna. And I would, I'm really interested in experiencing a chant based on a female deity. And is there such a thing? And will you do it sometime? I just haven't heard, I don't think I've heard one. I did Devi Puja every night. Oh, see, I wasn't here for the weekend. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I follow you, you but said, I had limits. You said, I'm in Tarrytown, you're in Tarrytown. You know, I'm in Garrison, you're in Garrison. I limit. What are you, come, coming for three minutes to Omega and that's uh, a big thing? <laughs> so that's great. So I, I, I have your, I, I don't download things for free off, uh, you know, eBay. Yeah. I mean, off of YouTube. Uh -huh. So I bought CDs, so I thank will you. listen to that. And I thank you for pointing me in that direction thank very you. much. You're welcome. Yes. And I'll see you in Tarrytown. Who knows? Uh, yeah, Tarrytown. We're doing that again this year? Tarrytown? Did they ask us? Okay. We usually do it in the fall. Isn't it in the fall usually? Oh, okay. Spring. We can't think that far in advance. But I am in for that eight-hour retreat. Yeah, yeah. We'll let you know. We'll put something up on the website. Huh? I don't know. Don't hold me to anything now, my friend. We're just talking about this in a loose, kind of gentle, friendly kind of way. Anything could happen. Breathe. Isn't he great, huh? I love him. Hello. Hi. So um, I've had the experience that you touched on a little bit of um, going to some th kind of a spiritual event, expecting something big to happen. And so I realized I was doing that and not taking the practice home with me. Mm -hmm. So I stopped going to things like that. Mm. Um, That's like not eating because you can get tooth decay. <laughs> okay. Because I wanted to shift that mm -hmm. attitude. Um, sure. So, um, I just wonder, like, I have this thing where I feel like, um, you know, I know that everything I need is inside me in here, or I think I know that. Um, so I think I have to be able to do it myself, but then there's like a desire to be around other people who are doing it and like, um, it's called satsang, sangha, very important. So my question is about like, how do I, um, empower myself and like not think I have to find a teacher to make it happen for me or not think I have to like do this, that, and the other thing to make something happen, but just, but still allow myself um, to not think I have to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good news and there's bad news. Which one do you want first? Bad. The bad news is you have to do it by yourself. And the good news is, you have to do it by yourself. Nobody can do it for you, and nobody has to do it for you. See, that's the good news and the bad news. Wherever you are, there you are, doing it, whether you're home or in a group. So, in satsang or sangha is very important. In fact, Buddha said it's the most important thing, the group of seekers practicing, helping each other, 
and supporting each other's practice. Very important for us as we're all beginners. It's very important to be around people who are, want the same things we want. Junkies hang out with junkies. Musicians hang out with musicians. Seekers should hang out with seekers. And Maharaji, when I was having a nervous breakdown and I was going to go run off and be alone, he said, nay, stay with people. If you're alone, all these feelings will overpower you. But I, they overpower me anyway, but that's the whole thing. Um, part of the thing is the way you define yourself. You know? It's like, we're all doing this together, but we're, each one of us, when we do a chant, everybody's chanting, but each person is chanting too, right? It's not like you lose yourself completely and you're only the group. You're a, a working member of the group at that time. And you're getting the support from the fact that everybody's also doing that. So it's useful to do that in a group. It's also useful to, you know, to try to do something home alone. But to tell you the truth, until very recently, like maybe 10 minutes ago, I didn't, at home I don't do that much, <laughs> you know. Even if I sit there, my heart's not in it, you know. Which is why Maharaji arranged my life like this. Totally screwed me up. I wanted to spend my whole life watching TV. And this is what he did to me. Because it takes this to get me doing stuff. So you have to find out what works for you, you know. Um, lurking within that question was the, the question about guru, right? Do I need a guru? How do I find my guru? What is a guru, you know? Everybody needs a guru. Guru, God, and self are the same. Well, who you really are is the same as who your guru really is. It's the same as what God is and who God is. There's no guru, God, or self outside of you. It's all one. You might meet a teacher that turns you on, that you really like. That'll be helpful. But then he might sleep with all his students, and that'll piss you off. So you go somewhere else. Uh... But guru has nothing to do with that. Guru is, is the love that lives inside of you. Now, you might run across that in another body, or you might not. So what are you going to do? Nothing? You sit at home and wait for somebody to knock on your door? Why do that? Since it's the same inside of you, it's always available. But we always... At being human, we want to find somebody outside of it to do it for us. But that's not what a guru does. A guru might hold up a mirror for you to see your own beauty. And that's great. But you can also do that at any moment. It's not so easy. But teachers might also do that for us too. And that helps. But... It always comes down to it's 3 in the morning and you can't sleep and you've watched everything there is to watch on TV and you're stuck with yourself. What do you do then? That's when your practice comes in and you, only you can do it. That's the moment where you say, okay, you know, let me calm myself down. That's all. So you never know what's going to happen in life. But in the meantime, you might as well do something. I came here not really expecting anything. I and just, you got just that much, right? And, 
Um, <laughs> no, I I fell in love with Hanuman Chalisa that I heard cool. that your version of that I really wish that you would do. But um, okay, I, which I have like thousands of versions. Uh, well, the for one me. with the English words calling okay. out to hungry spirits. We'll do that. I love that so much. Um, and you're on. So that's what brought me here. So I I actually feel like I was able to be open more to the experience because I didn't have great expectations of something big happening for me. When I'm involved, it's always good not to have a lot of great expectations. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. We really appreciate your support and hope you'll continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com kd and clicking on the donate button or using our Amazon.com portal for all of your purchases. Thank you. Namaste.